horses are at the gate. And they're off. Welcome to Winning Ponies. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. All right, and welcome back to another edition of the regular guy here on Winning Ponies. I'm glad you joined us, and... uh, We've got a lot of good stakes races this uh, weekend all over the place. And that can only mean one thing, ladies and gentlemen. What's that? John, what do I do? We've got the great races up in Canada. Saratoga's still running. Uh, yeah, there's horses at Del Mar, graded stakes races. What? There's, it's so simple. Come on over to winningponies.com. Pull down the easy win forms. And we're going to help you all day long, just like we helped some people this week. It was just Tuesday. Uh, I had two big hits, one at Thistledown, one at Colonial. At Colonial Downs, we have a 50-cent pick four that paid 1736 And at Down, again, on Tuesday, a 50-cent pick five and they weren't very big fields, mind you, but still, it paid $1,898. Just a sample. I'm not going to read them all. I got too many good guests on this show. So come on over to winningponies.com, pull down the easy win forms, and we, we've got the results right there. You can see what I'm talking about. So feel free to compare and uh, feel free to how easy they are to get. All right. Now, our first guest is a guy that's just sitting in a hotel room somewhere in Lake George, north of Saratoga, getting ready to get up in the morning and go check on his Kentucky Derby winner. Uh, That's right. He's going to go check on Rich Strike, and that is trainer Eric Reed is going to be joining us. And Eric's going to kind of tell us how Richie settled in, uh, what he's doing these days. He's pretty much got to run his... Uh, Midwest operation, I guess, off computer, or um, you know, maybe he pulls the tracks down at, at Saratoga. Eric's uh, not a big uh, crowd guy, so he he's probably not down there uh, boxing exactas at Saratoga during the day. You know what? I'm not going to guess. We're going to find out from Eric himself. And as I quizzed our producer Josh Bygosh before the race, I said. Our second guest is in two Racing Hall of Fames as a, as a jockey. He's in the Racing Hall of Fame as a jockey. Well, how can you be in two of them? Well, you can if you're Sandy Hawley because you started your career out like a comet up in Canada. And then you shot on down to North, the other part of North America to the U.S., and he was an extremely successful rider here. So we're going to talk to Sandy about the Queen's Plate, its historic implications. Uh, he said he's actually going to pull down the PPs and do a little handicapping to see who are the horses he would want to be riding in this race. And if we get chance, maybe we'll take a look at the King Edward. The uh, card is as they say, packed and stacked um, up 
at Woodbine, uh, a place that uh, he has he's been a great representative of the track and of Canadian racing. And then we're going to catch up and find out what is it he does now that he's no longer in the saddle. And uh, he's still staying very productive, and he's still staying in touch with racing and his racing chums that he made along the way. That's the setup for the show. Late breaking news, if you haven't heard it, this is not a joke. Chad Brown has been arrested in Saratoga on charges of obstruction of breathing. This doesn't concern a horse. The four-time winner of the Eclipse Award as champion trainer was arrested uh, uh, actually yesterday night, and he was, didn't go to court until today, on a misdemeanor charge of obstruction of breathing, according to the Saratoga Springs. So uh, the 43-year-old Brown went before a judge. Uh, you can go find it online, folks, if you want to see it. HRN has a copy of it. And, well, well, you know, he's probably taking it easy on a Wednesday, and uh, who knows? Uh, he had his uh, Pink Floyd shirt on, a pair of shorts, uh, low-cut uh, shoes, and uh, that's the way he appeared in court. People online are going, well, how come he didn't like dress up in a suit for his appearance? I got news for you, folks. When they arrest you real late at night and bring you to jail, they don't give you time to go get your favorite suit out of the closet. They take you to jail. You go before the judge. Now, the next time you see him, he'll be in a suit, but not for his arraignment for all you knuckleheads out there. They're making stupid comments online. So what are we talking about? Obstruction of breathing. Um, he pleaded not guilty. And what they're saying is uh, that he pushed a woman down a flight of stairs at his home, pinned her to the ground, and tried to choke her. According to local reports, again, he's out $5,000 bond and $2,500 bail. And uh, I guess she was a local exercise rider and that they had been um, going out at some point in time. When? I don't know. So we'll find out if she's just a disgruntled ex or uh, or what, but let's not convict the guy until he's uh, had a chance to go through the system. Now, some great news out of Saratoga this week, and it's always thrilling when somebody gets their first win at Saratoga, but how about getting the first win at Saratoga on a filly trained by your father. That's right. Remember Robbie Davis? Really solid jockey. Well, he's turned over to being a really solid trainer. And his daughter, Jackie, came up and won on Valahulia. And it certainly, as she said, made the world to me because it's my first race at Saratoga and for my dad especially. Uh, so, uh Congratulations! If you saw her, she was just lit up like a Christmas tree. It was it was quite the sight to see. And let's see if we can't get Jackie and Robbie on the show. That would be pretty cool. But uh, congratulations to Jackie Davis and her first win at the spa, where her father had many. Well, put this on your calendar for Saturday. Uh, you want horses to watch? Put this in your box. Hey, Jazzy. H-E-J-A-Z-I. John, why is this horse important? It's never run a race. Well, it'll still be kind of interesting. 
uh, Hajazi was a $3.55 million colt. Now, he bought the, uh, came out of auction earlier this year. This is down to Fezzik Tipton when they got the spit shine on him, rolling and ready to go, the two-year-olds in training sale in May, and breezed a furlong in 9.4 seconds. Obviously, uh, Hajazi's still been holding her speed, uh, uh, trained by Bob Baffert. Of course, this partnership of uh, Zedden and Baffert, they won a little race called the Kentucky Derby with Medina Spirit. Uh, we all know about the disqualification, yaddy, yaddy, yaddy. Uh, but uh, anyhow, it's a five and a half on the dirt, field of eight, Saturday's fifth race, and a Hall of Famer by the name of Mike Smith has them out. Remember the name Hajazi. We'll see if it can start to live up to its $3.55 million price tag. All right, well, Jockey Tyler Bays, we were hoping to see him back in action today at Del Mar. He had to take off last week to attend, quote, personal matters, and he wasn't allowed to ride because of a pre-race test that revealed a medication that he was temporarily prescribed for high blood pressure. And, uh, you know, if you got a prescribed medication for blood pressure, I think you're supposed to do what the doctor tells you and take it. But anyhow, so uh, they're pretty much telling them take a little more time off till you think this is out of your system and uh you know i guess according to his agent his blood pressure had spiked so hopefully we can get there behind us don't forget uh this guy though it was about 20 years ago was the eclipse award champion apprentice all right now a lot of great action last week Let's get to it. Action at a very rare place where we don't expect to see it. And that would be Churchill Downs this time of year. Uh, the Arlington Million. That's right. So we know what the purse was. A mile and eighth at Churchill, not at Arlington. And uh, the uh, winner was, drum roll, none other then Santine, Brendan Walsh comes up. This horse has really developed into his own. Four-year-old son of distorted humor. Uh, Tyler Gaffleone, the regular rider, won the grade one turf classic. Where? At Churchill Downs. Now, I know this was the new virgin turf course, but obviously showed a liking for it. Second, smooth like straight, played catch me like you can, and just couldn't last, tried hard. And in the third spot was Sacred Life. Well, let's not forget the Beverly D, uh, the uh, favorite Nair Rojour, never fired. Uh, Manny Franco in the saddle for Chad Brown, the winner. The German bred mare, Delika, you got to love her, man. She just grinds it out every time. Got the job done after a disappointing uh, run in the Diana. Takes the Beverly D with its half a million dollar purse. Princess Grace, a millionaire of her own right, was in second. So uh, the Beverly D is in the books and let's see, also at Churchill Downs, the, the Fort Larned, and uh, the Fort Larned went to Twilight Blue. What a great ride. Brian Hernandez, really, really fantastic. Congratulations to Joe Sharp, who's got this Colt back on his toes right now. 
tuned up for this with some optional claimers, but the audience was wise. Bet down to six to five. In the second spot, the second favorite, Intrepid Heart. It was a Joe Sharp exacta in the Fort Larned. Then we'll go up to Saratoga. Casa Creed absolutely, after being taken off by the pace of Luis Saez, exploded in the final furlong of the four-star Dave and got the win over Regal Glory. Of course, the horse I absolutely loved and had in all my wagers. It was Regal Glory in second and Mason in third. And folks, there's a new kid on the block, Damon's Mound. Beat the highly regarded Gulfport. They're going to have to check Gulfport out after this race. But Damon's Mound for Michelle Lavelle. Congratulations on a graded stakes win at Saratoga. The horse won its debut by 12 and a half. It was very, very impressive in the Saratoga special. Well, again, uh, we've got some great racing this weekend. I know that we're going to be talking uh, a bit about the Woodbine races, hopefully uh, with our friend Sandy Hawley. And uh, also don't forget the Delmar Oaks is on tap. That's a grade one. Three-year-old fillies going on the turf. And if you like to spread your wagers out, you'll have to in there. Eight European breads will be in the race. And four of them are Irish breads. I know what my mother would be betting. Well, I'm going to bet right now that uh, Eric Reed didn't forget me. And uh, we're calling him and going to get him on to be our next guest. Looking forward to find out what's happening with Rich Strike. Now that he's bedded down at Saratoga, awaiting the prestigious Traverse Stakes. So uh, hopefully uh, Eric uh, is is finished uh, on, on his rocking chair up there overlooking St. George at Saratoga, and he'll be able to pick up the phone and tell us what he's doing. I also want to go over a couple, uh, uh, not old stories, but maybe blasts from the past that I know about Eric Reed. I'm John Engelhart, and you are listening to Winning Ponies. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Guys, with a lot of big racing right around the corner, you need a sports book with integrity and longevity like BetUS for all of your gambling needs. You may already know this, but BetUS has been pioneers in the sports book industry for almost three decades. 
thriving and paying their loyal customer base. With action on every sport across the world, we can pretty much guarantee that we got your game. So join now using Capital Ponies and get a big 125% deposit bonus up to 2500 So play with the mainstay in the industry. Get your bets down with BetUS.com. You bet, you win, you get paid. But before you go to BetUS.com, you want to come over to WinningPonies.com and pull down your easy win forms. They're inexpensive, they're fast, and look on the site. You're going to see our results. We come up with some excellent plays every week, and the results are right there. So come on over to WinningPonies.com, get your easy win forms, and then get your action down at BetUS.com. US.com. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa. Play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Englehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll-free, 1-866-472-5788, or send us an email at show at winningponies.com. John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show, Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. You know, just like a fisherman throwing your line in the water, hoping a catfish is going to bite, I threw my message machine out there this week, hoping Eric Reed wasn't too busy getting Rich Strike ready for the Travers, and boom, he calls me right back. So on the line with us right now is a guy you probably never heard of before the first Saturday in May. Now he's a household name, and so is his horse. He is none other than Eric Reed and his horse is none other than Kentucky Derby winner Rich Strike. Eric, how well let me set let me I'm gonna let you do the details, but Eric is not in he's at Saratoga, but he's up in Lake George. Now if you go to that part of the country you realize you're kinda in God's country up there. So uh he, he he's not in New York City folks. He's in New York but he's up at Lake George. Eric Reed, how are you? I'm living the dream up here. This is just absolutely unbelievable. So what, all right, so I read, it sounds like Richie shipped up and you shipped up separately, both of you luckily without incident, and he's all settled in. He's in Dale Roman's barn, I understand. And uh, so kind of describe what your schedule is now, because it's certainly not, you know, getting up before the sun and being at Mercury Farm to watch 40 horses go. Uh, I'm, I'm guessing you stay in constant contact with Kay, but so what? what is your personal day like now that you're up in the Saratoga region? 
boy, it's hard up here. Oh, I'm telling you. Um, <laughs> we get up, we have some coffee, and uh, we we, we kind of walk around the barn. We got one horse to take care of. Then we fish in the afternoon, and have a dinner at one of these fancy places, and go back and maybe fish a little. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> It, we get up at four. We're at the barn at five. Uh, Richie's been going out about uh, six o'clock, and by the time we get done and get through with some of the media and stuff, you know, ten or eleven, we go to lunch, and the rest of the day is heaven. You know, you just take in the sights and see the place, and go out here to the lake, do a little fishing, uh, come back at feed time, watch him get his massages and stuff, and uh, just. It's it's a great place to relax, and it's like I was saying, it's full of people that are just happy. Everybody up here, just smile on their face. They're just happy to be here. Yeah, I, I do love that neck of the woods. Now, uh, not that you would do it, but not far from there in Massachusetts is a place called Stockbridge. It's a gorgeous little town like a postcard. And I used to go there as a kid w- with, with my aunts. And you'd walk, you'd go around town, and you'd, you'd pull up and get gas, and it's like, geez, I know that guy. Or you'd go into a grocery store, you'd go, I know that guy. Well, that's where Norman Rockwell lived, and he used to just paint everybody in town. So, like, a week before, the lady serving your dinner was on the cover of the Saturday Evening Post. <laughs> but, so, yeah, it's just, that area is just so invigorating, and it makes you feel good. And it's kind of in a time where a lot of people are taking relax, are being relaxed, and and you even hopefully are getting caught up in that. Um, so tell us about uh, where is Richie? You know, we see pictures of the Oklahoma training track, the main track. Where is Richie? And tell us about his acclimatization. He's got a different surface to learn about. Yeah, we're in Dale Roman's barn, and Richie is uh, four stalls away from where his dad stood when he won the, the Travers up here. So um, we Dale brought me over. He said, here's where his dad stood. So he said, I need you to win this one so we can have you know, his grandson went out of the barn. He's all proud of him. And, um, it's, it's a, it's a great place to train a horse. I'm going to work him in the morning. It'd be his first workout over the track. He's been galloping all week. And, uh, Gabriel's up here getting on him, Gabriel Lagunas. And he, he says he handles his track much easier than he handled Belmont. And he trained fine at Belmont, but it just seemed like he had to work harder to do it. And, uh, you know, I liked how he was training cause he was putting a lot in his work, but up here, he's just, it's so much easier for him. And this track's different for sure, but it's not as deep and sandy as, uh, Belmont. It's, it's, it's just a little different than what we're running on in Kentucky. But I think, uh, he's so far so good. Tomorrow's work will tell us a whole lot more, but he took the trip. Great. I mean, when he got off the van and for 13 hours, we walked in the morning, went to bucking him you know, double barrel kicking his back legs and prancing. And he kind of got a lot of attention because everybody thought he'd be a little tired after a 13 hour ride, but you know, he'll lay down in, in the box stall and, and sleep <laughs> while he's on the van. It's his horse is an incredible shipper. So we just never, uh, hope tomorrow's work goes good, you know? So you're telling me that in the van ride up there, he'll jump in the back seat and take a sleep like a five-year-old kid. Oh yeah, they get on the road three, four hours, and he'll 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 lay down. I mean, he sleeps a lot anyway. <laughs> I, one of the first pictures I took was uh, we got here the next day at four thirty in the morning, and he's laying us all strung out, looking, leaves his head up, looks at us, just lays it back down like it's it's a little early, guys. We don't train this early at home. But uh, you know, I'm going to send it to the my pillow guy and tell him, look, this is the Derby winner. He needs one of your pillows if he's going to sleep like this. 
Oh, maybe he'll make rich strike pillowcases or something to go with him. There you go. Just do it. (laughs) I'll get his number for you from Donald Trump. uh, Yeah, there you go. (laughs) So, Eric, we've already discussed how invigorating it can be for human beings to be at Saratoga. Now, Richie's a guy, he's a homeboy. He likes your Mercury Equine Training Center. And do, do you notice that, uh, and I know you've said sometimes he gets on the muscle after, you know, if he's at a track. How is he, is is he taking in the spa like humans do? Is, is Does he sense the relaxed atmosphere of the place? To be very honest with you, we were talking about that last night at dinner. You know, when he goes to Churchill, he really gets fired up. And I, I kept him there a couple weeks for the Derby, and I went back and stayed there right until the last week or so the Belmont just to keep him sharp, and he's super sharp there. He went to Belmont and did the same. Um, he came up here, and he's trained perfect. He's all business, but he's very laid back in the barn, especially in the afternoons, and I, I'm not sure what, what's different to him. It's a barn, and it's a racetrack, but I think it's the shade trees, and it's so peaceful. You don't have the uh, intercom blasting through the backside. Um and all the horses here, even in the barn, it's just real quiet. There's big shade trees all around the place, so and a breeze constantly blowing. Um, but he definitely, we had that conversation last night. He trains terrific on the track. He's full of life. He comes to the barn, and he is so relaxed. It's it's uh, it's kind of interesting. Well, that that is great to hear. Now we're going to rewind a little bit through the Eric Reed files, <clears throat> and I, I wanna, oh boy, no, no, no. Well, the first part's good. I'll end up getting your chops later. Um, <laughs> anyway, I just want to talk about Eric Reed and his sense of loyalty. Um, years ago, uh, Eric was hooked up with a really top person, Elizabeth Alexander from Ohio. And he, he was killing the stakes program in Ohio. And there was a guy that he'd bring up on a regular basis. It wasn't Perry Utes or some of you know, the names, uh, T.D. Houghton, people, you know, at Thistledownward. It, it was a guy by the name of Juan Enriquez. Now, Juan came out of the Peruvian jockey school with uh, Rafael Bayarano. That's where Prado graduated from and just a slew of great riders in the United States. And he was your man. You stuck with him. You helped him not get deported, as I recall, just because there was a paper snafu. So I pull up to your farm a couple weeks ago at whatever, 6 in the morning, and who pulls up in the car next to me but Juan Enriquez. And so it kind of looks like, hey, you know, you were good to me. You're not riding regular now. I'll be good to you. I mean, yours isn't just professional. You seem to – same thing with Gabe Lagunas. You seem to – get a relationship going with the people that you work with that becomes a long friendship. That's exactly right. I mean, I've been that way my whole career. Um, I've got guys that have been with me since I bought Mercury. They, that, um, they become family and we build a bond and a trust. Uh, we all learn to give and take. And, you know, I call him Carlos, but Juan Enriquez, um, he he won a lot of races for me, and and we we made a lot of uh, good memories together. And he, he was injured a few times uh, and had to get fit. And he came and he would get on horse me and he tried to ride here and there. And um, these guys, they're they're like I say they're like family, but we have that bond. And he he knows what I want when I train a horse when he gets on him and breezes him for me. His feedback I can trust one hundred percent what he's telling me. And Gabriel same way. Um, about anybody, just like Sonny, you know, he was 
riding these races for me. And I could trust him as well as any rider in the country on Rich Strike. And he showed the world on Derby Day that, you know, we all have this ability to do what everybody else does. We Just because you don't know us doesn't mean we're not as good. And, uh, you know, these guys come to Mercury to work for us, and we keep them around. I tell Carlos all the time, when you, you, you know, Juan to you, Carlos to me, but I tell him, I said, when you can't ride anymore, you can, you know, you can help me uh, take care of the young horses. You can run the barn down there and, uh, you know, I just, everybody I meet, I try to keep them as lifelong friends. And, and I think that's what, that's what helps me do so well as a trainer. Well, then let me bring up one more name uh, because you, you talk about your relationship with, with Juan and it's almost like you've become reunited with a rela- another relationship you had about the same time. I don't know if it was just after you were riding Juan or just before, but there's a guy back on the scene because of the, decimation of Arlington Park that's popped up in the northern Kentucky, southern Ohio area. You know who I'm talking about. I had him on the show show last week and he loves you, man. Julio Felix. Yeah, what a great guy. Julio and I are such good friends and I'm his biggest fan. He can, I mean, he was a great rider for as long as I can remember. And, you know, we, we rented a house together in Tampa uh, stayed down there, came home, went to Arlington together, Turfway Park. You know, he got to jump my career with Jerry Jam Gotchin. Um, we traveled around forever. And, I mean, there's just such a talented rider. And at his age, I would put him up against any 25-year-old in the country. He's fit and smart. But, man, you talk about a good person, good family man. Um, wow. I love Julio. I love uh, Julio. I, I actually, I think I saw him ride a mount or two for you since he came back. So uh, yeah, he that, won some races for me this winter at Turfway, and it was like the first one he won for me. I, I texted him in the jocks room. I said, "Man, like old times." He goes, "I love winning for you guys," and you know, Kay loves him. It's uh, we got a super relationship, and man, he's a great rider. If he stays around Turfway this winter, he's gonna he's gonna make a lot of noise. I think he is. I just want to remind people he's back and go check his record. This guy's no slouch. But I know that you guys, you guys had a great relationship. And and listen, Eric, as you know, I'm not one to polish my own, my own apple. But we ran out of time last time. Uh, do you want to tell the people a little bit about the the the, the death defying act that I performed on you? At uh, River Downs, uh, the day I saved your life through a severe hydration. Uh, loss, and I was able to bring you back from the dead. I mean, we just kind of glossed that story over. Yeah, it's a good thing you see it. <laughs> yeah, my horse won, and I'm sitting in the back with an IV in my arm. You know, I was over, I was I was dehydrated and about had a heat stroke. It was just one of those wild days, and you said, "Hey, you need some help," and uh, you got me in the back, and sure enough, they got some IVs in me, and. Yeah, you 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 you're probably the reason I'm here. Well, yeah, you know, who am I to take credit for that? But uh, just me. Uh, but anyhow, yeah. no, it was funny because I these people don't know, you know, Eric Reed from Bob Bradford, and I, and I go, somebody said, hey. Eric's in trouble out in the paddock. You check, and I come back in. I go, hey, this guy's. And now this was what 
eight years ago. I go, this guy's a Kentucky Derby trainer. Go, go get him and take care of him. <laughs> they didn't know. They were going to question me. They're like, oh, well, this is somebody important. We they get the wheelchair out there, get your ass in there, start hooking you up with fluids. <laughs> you know, for all the, I'm surprised they didn't ask you for your autograph, but I pumped. Yeah, yourself. exactly. You 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 helped me because they gave me the A treatment. I knew you told them I was somebody besides who I was. <laughs> But, hey, I'll tell you what. I can go back and look at the picture I took you that day. You're looking really good right now. How is your well, health? Much better, much better. I've uh, dropped a ton of weight, got myself fit again. Um, you know, had neck surgery, COVID. A lot of things happen as you get older, and I realized I need to get myself back together. And um, I'm feeling great. My back's uh, the next project we're going to work on after November. But they – they did a procedure on me three weeks ago today, and um, it's made a world of difference, but it's only going to last about uh, 90 days, they said, and, and that will get me through hopefully the Breeders' Cup, and then I can uh, have some surgery on my back, and I think by spring I'll be uh, back to 100%. Well, that's great. That's great. I know you've got to be uh, severely uncomfortable. Well, they're telling me you only got a minute or so left. Eric Reed, uh, just kind of tell us uh, how you're feeling, uh, what it's going to be like for the next, I'm going to say, nine days now, and, and what your plans are for Richie. You already told us tomorrow will be his major work, correct? That's correct. And then I'm going to work him get... tomorrow, and we're going to give him some some longer gallops. Maybe let him pick it up the last quarter, three eighths of a mile next week, just to fine tune him. But um, you know, this is there's a lot at stake for this race um, between Epicenter and myself because I think if either one of us wins this race, it's probably going to give him the three year old championship. And um, you know. There's a quality field of horses in here. It's Kentucky Derby Part 2, really, um, just a smaller field. And it, I need a lot is. of pace and a lot of help. It is, but luckily, unlike the Belmont, we've talked about this, I, I got a feeling this race is going to give Richie uh, a, a little more up front to, to aim for when he's ready to roll. They're going to give us the rail because it's nobody wants it right now. And, you know, he'll get his inside trip. He'll have to come off that rail down the stretch a bit to, to do it. But he should get a decent pace in front of him, I expect. And, and and I do think the track surface will help him. It seems to be more conducive to closers than it is the speed horses. And uh, if it comes up and off track, I think he's going to run even better. Uh, we have not got to do that, but he sure trains good in it. So we'll just see what happens. We're all excited, happy to be here. And he's got his work cut out for him, as he will every time he runs. Well, you and everybody down this way is on your team, Eric. So uh, for those of us that can't be there in person, we'll be rooting for you loud and clear down here in the Kentucky area. Take care, my friend. We love you. Thank you. I love you, too, and I appreciate you putting me on here. All right. Eric Reed, trainer of Rich Strike, winner of the Kentucky Derby winner, one of the favorites for the great Traverse Stakes. Speaking of great, we got a great guest coming up. He's so great that he's not in one. He's in two Hall of Fames, none other than Sandy Hawley. We'll be right back. Guys, with a lot of big racing right around the corner, you need a sports book with integrity and longevity like BetUS for all of your gambling needs. 
You may already know this, but BetUS has been pioneers in the sportsbook industry for almost three decades thriving and paying their loyal customer base. With action on every sport across the world, we can pretty much guarantee that we got your game. So join now using Capital Ponies and get a big 125% deposit bonus up to 2,500. So play with the mainstay in the industry. Get your bets down with BetUS.com. You bet, you win, you get paid. But before you go to BetUS.com, you want to come over to WinningPonies.com and pull down your easy win forms. They're inexpensive, they're fast, and look on the site. You're going to see our results. We come up with some excellent plays every week, and the results are right there. So come on over to winningponies.com, get your easy win forms, and then get your action down at betus.com. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll-free, 1-866-472-5788, or send us an email at show at winningponies.com. John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show. Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. Lucky to say over my life, uh, there are guys that used to be heroes of mine that are no longer heroes because now they're friends. That just doesn't change their esteem in my eyes in any way, Um, but it gives me a great feeling. And amongst that list is none other than that quiz question I asked you. Name a guy that's not in one but two Hall of Fames, and that would be none other than Sandy Hawley. Thanks for joining us again, Sandy. How does this day find you? And uh, it's great to be on your show again. Thank you. We seem to do this almost every uh, Queen's Plate coming up. Well, you know, you're you are the ambassador. Uh, for uh, Canadian racing. Uh, like it or not, that's the way people look at you. But I, I think the reason they do, Sandy, is because you always carried yourself so well, uh, not only in your career, uh, but beyond that, in, in the way that you represent riders as a whole. And really, a lot of people look to you as being Canadian racing. Now, that's that's where all your early roots started, right? 17 years old, walking hots at Toronto. Take us through it again. It's been a while. <laughs> well, I guess uh, I have to go back to uh, 1966, actually. It was uh, the first year I worked on the racetrack. And actually, my first, my first job, I 
went to Winfield Farms that was in Oshawa, which was owned by the great E.P. Taylor, who owned the Great Northern Dancer. And I went to his farm looking for a job to think about becoming a jockey because my, my uncle actually mentioned to me when I was 16, you should think about becoming a jockey. You're the right size. Well, I knew what jockeys did and everything, but, uh, you know, at the same time, you know, I, I didn't know a whole lot about it and how, how to go about becoming a jockey. So my uncle took me to Winfield's Farms, and we didn't get an opportunity to beat Mr. E.P. Taylor, but I did meet a trainer there by the name of Duke Campbell. And he's in the Hall of Fame in Canada as a trainer. And he took me under his wing. Uh, you know, it's funny, John. First thing he asked me, he says, let me see your hands and feet. Uh, I thought maybe he wanted to see if I was a hard worker with my hands. I didn't know what he wanted to see about my feet. <laughs> but he actually, he wanted to see if I had small hands and small feet. Because if you're 16 years old and you got size 9 shoes or 10 shoes, <laughs> chances are you're going to be 6 feet tall by the time you're uh, you're 21 years old. So he looked at my hands and feet, and of course, you know, you see me many times, John. We're we're good friends, and you know, I have small hands and small feet. And he said, "Well, I'll take you to the racetrack and see how you like it." Uh, he ended up. I, I didn't know anything about horses, John. The only time I've been around horses is maybe when I was 12 years old. I went to a riding stable with my dad, and I was scared to death up there. <laughs> but Mr. Campbell took me under his wing, and he became like my second father. And I'm so lucky to have it in the right place at the right time to meet him. That was for sure. Well, uh, it, it, it's certainly uh, your lessons were, were learned well uh, because uh, you don't get in two Hall of Fames if, if you haven't uh, done it. Now, Sandy, if, if it's okay, uh, you, we, I, I want to get to the Queen's Plate you wrote in. But before I get to that, uh, Sandy Hawley, um, I want to talk about that one point in your life where you almost thought you might have to put your career on skids. And if you don't want to talk about this, this is fine. But but it, it was your fight uh, uh, against skin cancer. And now we're not just talking about something that you might have that get, gets cut off by the doctor. They were pretty much saying you only had a few months to live. Yeah. You know, at one point, John, I, I thought that was going to be the case. And um, yeah, a long story short, I, I uh, was in Minnesota riding, and my agent, John DeSantis, we were at the beach, and he noticed uh, a mole on my back, and he said, man, you should have that mole looked after. And I, I went home, and I looked at it in the mirror, and it was kind of black, and I thought, yeah, when I get back to California, I'm riding in Minnesota for another month. When I go back there, uh, I know a plastic surgeon, and I'm going to have him take it off. Well, I did when I got back. I probably left it too long. But uh, if you see something like that, you should have it taken off right away, um, me not knowing. So anyways, I had it taken off, and actually um, I could go out and, and ride at another track because, uh, you know, I just had a scar on my back. So anyways, I went actually to Kentucky to ride in a stake race, and I was in the shower after the races, and one of the jockeys amazingly said to me, Sandy, what's that scar on your back? I said, oh, I had a mole taken off. And, uh, you know, they sent it away to be analyzed. And he said, it wasn't mine. At the time, I didn't know what that was, John. And I said, well, no, he just told me to stay out of the sun, use lots of sunscreen, all that stuff. And he said, well, that's a good thing, because I had a buddy that had that, and he only lasted for two months. Well, lo and behold, after I go back from Kentucky, go back to California, the plastic surgeon called me. He said, I've got your biopsy. I went in. He said, I got bad news. That mole was malignant melanoma. And it was in its fifth level, so you're going to have to get to a surgeon right away. So I was actually wow. driving home by myself, 
<laughs> and I was thinking to myself, I'm not going to know who's going to win the Stanley Cup next year. <laughs> uh, crazy <laughs> things go through your mind <laughs> when something like that happens. But I, I ended up, I had three major surgeries, John. I had uh, the major surgery on my back after the mole was taken off. I went to a, a, a surgeon, Dr. Halsper, and he took a large area off my back and lymph glands from under my arm and everything. And he said, I think I got it all. And he said, there was a microscopic trace that went to your lymph glands. But, you know, that was a good sign. Anyways, uh, about four months later, it came back up on the other side of my neck. Um, I had a tumor taken off my neck, which was uh, melanoma as well. Um, didn't think it went to my lymph glands, but it actually spread to my lung. <laughs> and I had one of the lobes taken out of my lung. And after that, I went to um, Dr. Malcolm Mitchell, who is my oncologist. And he started me on a treatment that was experimental. He gave me experimental uh, vaccine shots. And it's called interleukin now. It's pretty, pretty famous out there now for for melanoma, and they worked on me. And I'm so lucky to be here. Um, I think that the survival rate for fifth level is about 10 percent, John. And I got lucky to be one of those 10 percent. Well, we're happy to have Sandy Wally, uh, uh, Sandy Hawley on the phone with us right now. Uh, Sandy, you ha- obviously had a huge run up in Canada in the 70s at Woodbine in particular, where you can account not one, not two, but three. That's right. Elmaner, Kennedy Road, and Regal Embrace winners. And Longelure, of- Longelure as well in between there. <laughs> Where did I? Uh, I'm, I'm looking at my old. Uh, <laughs> anyhow, it's it's very small print. The old racing manual. I'm the only one that still has one <laughs> I in know. existence. I love Langelo. Yeah. Ended up being an Ohio Stallion. But anyhow, don't let me uh, shorten you on your queens. Mm-hmm. What is it? I mean, I, I know you guys. You, we were talking before we went on air that this race for its first twelve years. Uh, it started in 1860. Has no history of the horses that even ran second or third. <laughs> they only have the name <laughs> of the winner. W- what is it? I mean, it's basically Canada's Kentucky Derby, right? And it is for three-year-olds, well, but Canadian three-year-olds. Yeah, they're Canadian. Yeah, for Canadian bred three-year-olds. Unfortunately, you know, it's not open to all North American horses. But uh, it is our Kentucky Derby, and as you mentioned, mentioned 1860 was the first running. I can't believe that uh, 163rd running coming up now, and it's a longest continuously run race in North America. So it's an old race, and I think maybe the Kentucky Derby would have um, been longer, uh, but unfortunately, I think the Second World War, I think they missed a couple of years for the Kentucky Derby because of the Second World War. But uh, yeah, we, we have that honor that uh, it's the longest continuously run race in North America, the Queen's Plate. Now, I thought I collected an old program from like 30, 35 years that the Queen of England actually showed up one year. Is that true? Yeah, she's been here a number of times. And, uh, you know, it's uh, I, I had the honor of meeting her a couple of times when she came. And she is just, just amazing. When, when she comes, it's uh, it's unbelievable to to be in front of the Queen and, and have the Queen here. A number of other times, royalty uh, has come. And uh, a prime minister, of course, from uh, from Canada as well, a number of times. So we we usually have uh, royalty or dignitaries come to the Queen's Plate every year. I hope you didn't high five the Queen. The, the Queen. They say you're not <laughs> supposed to do that. 
Uh, I no, know. you uh, you have to wait for her to ask you a question, and you know when you first greet her, of course you have to bow and say your majesty, and uh, you don't ask her a question, you have to wait for her to ask you a question. <laughs> All right, well, now let's get up to, to the race itself. Uh, it, it's, again, a mile and an eighth on the turf for, for uh, hold on, I'm looking at the Canadian, the King Edward, which is named after a horse you rode on. Uh here, I got Actually, it's a mile and a quarter. Mile and a quarter I, I, on Tapita. I know. I'm looking for my PPs here. You should see this desk. <laughs> but but uh, a, a, anyhow, yeah, there's this. Uh, you know, they're they're calling her some kind of uh, super filly. I, I love it. Maybe she's named after that character in uh, uh, Shit's Creek, Moira. Now I watched her race, Sandy. She's she's coming out of, of the Woodbine Oaks, okay? Again, this is a filly racing against the boys, but I think there's been 38 of them, Sandy. I thought I saw that in print. 38 yeah, fillies. Yeah, there's been quite a few fillies. So it's not rare, but I'll tell you what. I wouldn't put a ring around this filly yet because I went back and watched the uh, Marine Stakes at Woodbine, which I think is the major prep for this race. And this Ron Doer, I mean... He won totally under wraps. What I find interesting is, is Hernandez is taken off him. Now, he wasn't the regular rider to ride Moira, but Flavian Pratt's going to ride for the first time up in Canada. And he's coming in to, well, uh, to uh, ride Rondor. Uh, have you had is, a chance to look is. at the race? It, you know what? It's great to have Flavian Pratt here. It's great to have, uh, you know, people come in from out of town. And of course, uh, Todd Fletcher's got a horse and two he's got uh cousin uh, mayhem the number 11 horse and uh amazingly john uh my wife crew and i you know crew we we're up for the uh canadian oaks actually and saw moira win by 14 i know i think it was 10 and three quarter lengths she just absolutely galloped so these two horses are absolutely amazing it's going to be and you know what but long shots can come in you know the horse that won the uh the queen's plate trial uh, he was a long shot. I think he was uh, about 25 to 1, and that was uh, for Mark Cassie. Actually, I can't believe his horse went off at 25 to 1. But, it, you know, it's going to be a great horse race. But those two horses, you're right, John, they both look pretty amazing. Well, Sandy, I don't have my odds in front of me, but the horse I love in here, just because everybody's going to be talking about the ones we are, is a horse mm-hmm. by the name of Duke of Duke of Love. Now, this may be somebody you know, and that's the trainer Josie Carroll. Um, she has won this race three times since since 2006. She's got this Duke mm-hmm. of Love, and I'm just telling every well, I shouldn't tell anybody so I can get my odds. This horse <laughs> ran into a wall of horses just as Ron Doerr was coming over mm-hmm. and shut that space off. And uh, of course, Ron Doerr went on to win by. Uh, Oh, what was that? Uh, five and a half lengths, but it was so much under wrap. So keep an eye on Duke of Love uh, for sure. Well, you've, now, you've, you've done your homework, John, that's for sure, because this horse does look pretty good. Uh, the horse has started six times, had two wins in a second. As you mentioned, Josie Carroll is a trainer, and she's, as you mentioned, she's won this race three times, So, you know, and she's in the Hall of Fame. She's uh, one of the only female trainers that uh, are in our Hall of Fame in Canada. Uh, Canadian Horse Racing Hall of Fame. Yeah, this horse finished fourth in the plate, but like you say, he hit a wall of horses at the head of the stretch. So 
going to have to throw that race out. And, you know, like I said, he's had two wins and, and one second and six starts. Now, uh, Sandy, uh, you, you brought her name up. You, 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 I don't know how many times uh, you've hit the lottery, but probably just once. But you hit it when you met Carew and ended up making her your <laughs> wife. But uh, did 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 she meet uh, Kashuki uh, Kamura yet, the Japanese jockey? Because this guy is setting Canada on fire. Oh, yeah. she's uh, She's been friends with him for a while. We met him when he first came over from Japan. Um, I think it was about three years ago. Uh, he was leading apprentice the first year, leading apprentice the second year. And then he won a Sovereign Award. He actually won an Eclipse Award as uh, top apprentice in North America. He's an amazing rider. Crew gets along with him really well. And, yeah, as soon as we go to Woodbine, we, we hook him up. And he's so happy to be able to talk Japanese to my wife, Crew. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's what I was thinking, because, you know, it's not like there's a, a you know person that speaks fluent Japanese on every corner. And, of course, she does. And uh, so that's got to be, uh, you know, like like you said, it, it's, it's kind of neat. And wow, we're, this kid's an up and comer. Now, luckily, he's he's just came back today, though they scratched the main horse. He was going to be out of the feature. Uh, so he's going to mm-hmm. be back. He had he had he had some injury that kept him kept him out from July 21st. So uh, you know those young kids, uh, Sandy, they they bounce back pretty quick. So it'll be interesting to watch his whole career, to be honest with you, because uh, he he really looks like he's got a lot of riding in front of him. But I just figured Carew would actually absolutely fall in love with that guy because he's like, great, I got a Japanese jockey. By the way, uh, Carew is a jockey herself, folks. That you don't if you don't know. Uh, so you know. It's got to be neat for her, you know, especially that he's in the realm of wide. Now, when she introduced him to Sandy Hawley, you have any idea who Sandy Hawley was? <laughs> uh, I, I think he, I think he did after he rode a woodbine for a year or so. Um, I know Cruz uh, chatted with him, and you know he, uh, he he had a big smile on his face when when he was talking to both of us. He's he's a great young kid, and I'll tell you what, he's his English is coming along pretty good. Oh, great. That is fantastic. Well, listen, Sandy, always a pleasure. Uh, you are a great ambassador uh, for those lands just north of America that never seem to get involved in any international uh, problems or anything. You never hear about them sticking their nose in anybody's business. Uh, you know, they, uh, they they go about their lives up there. But uh, I, I, I just, again... You're a fantastic ambassador, not only for the sport, but specifically for Canada. You do a great job. And before I go, I want to remind everybody, if you want a chance to meet Sandy and Carew, and I only got a minute to do it, you'll be able to do it at Mahoning Valley Racecourse. There is a fundraiser for the PDJF. Now, that's a part of the country that, that you don't get a lot of big PDJF uh, functions at. So it would be kind of neat for the people in the northeast section of Ohio and the western section of Pennsylvania to go to Mahoning Valley, and I think Sandy, that October twenty sixth. Yes, it is. Yeah, we went there last year, John. We had a fantastic time. They put on a great show, and as you mentioned, it's for PDJF, and it doesn't get any better than that. Permanent Disabled Jockey Fund. There you go, Sandy Holly. You're the greatest. Say hello to Carew. <laughs> Can't wait till I see you in person again. Will, okay, John. my friend. All right. All right. Thanks Sandy for having me Hull- on. It was a pleasure. Oh, it's it's my pleasure, Sandy. It truly is. And also my pleasure to uh, have a really 
kind of relaxing chat uh, with Eric Reed. We had some fun in there, and I think I got to show you a side, Eric, as far as his loyalty for those that work uh, with him and around him. Uh, it lasts forever. So for Sandy and for Eric, I'm John Engelhart. Thanks for joining us. Next week, it'll be our Travers show from Saratoga. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. We hope the information from today's show will benefit you at the next post. Join us for more insight next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Also, look for our weekly newsletter. Have a great week, and may your photos always be winners.